Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. Steve here, and today I bring another star of the, the TV screen. Uh, you could say we bring from season five of Ink Master, uh, Mr. Robbie Rapole. Robbie, how are we doing today? Wonderful, sir. How are you doing? I, you know, I'm, I'm having a fun one. Uh, early morning for me, I know it's the afternoon for you. Uh, but I, I can't complain two cups of coffee in, uh, excited, excited for the day. I can't even lie. I'm going to go see a screening of the original Jesus Christ superstar in a single, in a single plex theater with Ted Neely, who plays Jesus in the movie there. Dude, that's fresh. That's happening today. Tonight. Yeah. Ah, fuck yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I'm That's excited. Awesome. Yeah, it's a little a little singleplex theater in a, a town south of me called Encinitas. It's La Paloma Theater. It's been there for years upon. It's a, it's a landmark. Like, they can't tear the building down because it's a city landmark. Dude, that's awesome. Jesus Christ Superstar was one of my favorite musicals. Um, actually, I've never even seen the movie. I've seen the musical. Uh, years ago, <clears throat> I was in a musical theater me and my one brother that I was actually on Ink Master with, um, <clears throat> we um, we would always do shows and stuff. And he was way more into the acting scene than I was. Uh, like I liked it, but too many people told me I was fat and they didn't want to cast me. So I was like, fuck this shit. So I was like, nope, I'm out of there. Um, but uh, when we were younger, we did a lot of shows. And one of them, they, I can't remember what role he played, but it was, it was at a little... A little theater in Fort Lauderdale in downtown and like I saw the show like five times and it was one of my favorites like I love the musical uh, it's it, yeah it's rad it's so good I I saw the movie uh before I saw the stage play uh <laughs> when when I was 16 I was actually in a production of Jesus Christ Superstar at the theater I'm actually seeing it at tonight damn talk about full circle that's it really and that's the only that's like the main reason i'm going like because i've seen <laughs> i've seen i've seen the movie before in the theater and it's just the mere fact that it's like at, at 16 17 years old i did it there i'm now yeah. you know 38 years old so 20 you know 20 years later dude that's that's fly i love when things come around full circle like that honestly and then so there was a there was a a like a, a bunch of indie rock bands got together and redid all the music from Jesus Christ Superstar. And I found this CD years ago when CD stores were a thing. Probably when you were doing Jesus Christ Superstar, I was buying this CD. And I lost it over the years and it was in my iTunes for a while and I can't find it. So uh, I think we should put our heads together to try and find this. It was really weird, man, but it was like really cool music. And it was it was rad because Jesus was was a woman who was the lead singer of this one band that's kind of reminiscent of Dogma, where uh, Alanis Morissette was Jesus. So, and that was years later that happened. But yeah, so it was a really it was a really great fucking uh, compilation of of songs. So I loved it. I wish I could find it. Interesting. Yeah. And let's see here. Uh... All, I just looked up, I googled female rock Jesus Christ superstar. Okay. And 
it's just a bunch of articles. I will definitely look into it because I know a lot of people in in the in the music world. So like I can I can hopefully get a deep dive and we can get a connection to that for you. Dude, that would that would be rad because I just googled it on my phone and I couldn't find nothing right now. That's that's yeah. uh, that that reminds me of the time my brother gave me his computer and he just had an album of Blink One Eighty Two, but it was all bluegrass. Ooh. And he he eventually lost that computer and was never able to find the uh, the album again. <laughs> Damn, that's dude. I love bluegrass too. That and I could imagine the the mashup there. That would be really cool. Actually, um, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so I, I heard of this guy named Mercules. Uh, he's a rapper, and he did a he did a an Ed Sheeran "Shape of You" remix that like. He rapped over the the the, the tune of, of Shape of You. It's really awesome. I always love shit like that when people like really change things up and like cross genres. There is a rock cover. It's funny that you say that because one of my favorite covers is of Shape of You. And it's <laughs> it's it's a rock, it's a rock cover. Okay, who did it? More of a grunge. I'm looking it up right now. Shape <laughs> of you cover. Because it's yeah. usually, it's uh, Our Last Night. Okay, Our Last Night. If you just look up Shape of You cover on YouTube, it should be the first one that pops up. They cool. did it four years ago, but it's it's Ed Sheeran Shape of You cover by Our Last Night. And it's, I just... It's it's really great that and um, uh, hold on the other one I like is uh, I prevail who does a cover of Blank Space by Taylor Swift. Oh, I love that one. I love that one. For a while there, um, I was getting real jiggy with uh, with any Miley Cyrus Wrecking Ball remixes, or then. Or dubstep remixes, like I found a dubstep remix of Wrecking Ball and it was slick. Have so. Have you heard the Party in the USA, uh, Party and Bullshit mashup of no. Miley, Miley Cyrus and Notorious B.I.G.? Yes, I have. I have. Yes, that shit is slick. So good. Yes, so, so good. good. So good. I love. Dude, I'm I'm all for a mashup. My buddy once gave me a mashup of Call Me by Blondie and Calls by Kanye West. Ooh. And I I'm so bummed because I left the CD in my buddy's car and he's like, oh, I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> he hated the CD, he hated the CD. So after we, after like I moved North and he was still in South, like he was probably just cleaning out his car and was like, oh, he's never gonna ask for this back. And he's probably just, <laughs> he probably just fucking chucked it. Right. So where are you at? You're in California? I am in California. Yeah, I'm in Southern California, uh, Riverside County. Uh, do you know Temecula? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm right above Temecula. I'm in Marietta. Oh, okay, cool. Not, cool. not many people know Marietta, but everyone knows Temecula because it's wine country. Ah, see, I had a friend that used to take me to the Marietta Diner in Georgia all the time. So every time I see Marietta, I think of that. So that's what I relate it to. <laughs> and then you mentioned you mentioned when you were growing up florida are you east coast florida where are you at east coast melbourne uh right on the water like i'm like 10 minutes away from the water so yeah east coast florida is like basically where i grew up and where i've been most of my life 
So there you go. I've been to Florida once in my life. Uh, when I was nine years old, my aunt uh, got in her two-seat Porsche, Porsche with me, and we drove from California to Disney World. Hell yeah, that's what's up. Dude. Yeah, and then, and then we drove back. She, well, she she drove because oh, I, yeah. I was nine. <laughs> and it was a Porsche. She wasn't going to just put me in her Porsche and be like, here, let's learn to drive. I mean, um, you know, some people would have. <laughs> and that that in its own right was a great trip and a horrible trip because I got stung by a jellyfish. It didn't Ooh. attach itself to me, but I got stung by a jellyfish on my inner leg. It literally swam up my trunks got my inner thigh and then swam away. And my aunt was like, oh, it's just a rash. And it spread from my inner thigh to my bottom ankle. If I had known when I was a kid, just piss on your leg. Yeah, right. (laughs) If I had known piss on your leg, I would have just pissed on my leg. I was nine and I didn't know it. And she didn't believe that it was a jellyfish. Dude, that's wild, man. (laughs) And my wife wife wonders why I don't like the ocean. Yeah, it can be a weird place, the ocean. But the older I get, the more fearful of uh, creatures I get. When it's you're weird. a kid, you can just run into the ocean with free reign, no care in the world. But yeah. When you're a 20-something-year-old and your buddy takes you out and you see three to four sharks. Right. That was the last time I was in the ocean. I realized that the other day. It was like 12 years ago. <laughs> I saw like three or four sharks and I was just like, I'm done with the fucking ocean. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I was in the river one time and uh, there was a giant manatee that swung up next to me and manatees are herbivores. Right. But they're like two or three times the size of, of a human, yeah. especially a big human like me. So I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like I got freaked out as shit. I know it ain't gonna hurt me, but that bitch is big. <laughs> yeah, dude, I would, I would freak out if a manatee swat. Yeah, you seem bigger than me, and I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm only five five, but I'm wider. You know what I mean? Um, uh, so yeah, man, a manatee would scare the shit, probably literally the shit out of me. Right? Yeah, I'm six foot and like two eighty, so like, you know, it was definitely still really scary. <laughs> well, you know, like. Now that I fucking lost my leg doing something that I didn't deem, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, oh, dangerous. I didn't really deem suspension dangerous and I lost my leg doing that. So like now my danger sensor is way more in tune. Now I'm like, oh, I might could get hurt doing some shit like this. Whereas I used to just be like, ah, fuck it. It ain't gonna kill me. And if it killed other people, I'll win. Like it would, dude. It was weird. I had this. I had a bad danger sensor, so now my danger sensor is much more in tune. Sure. My, I I always I just always had that paranoid danger sensor. Like my mm. brother, when we would younger, when we were younger, would just love to go climb on the roof of the gymnasium, which was a slant. It was a slanted gymnasium. Like you know, go up at night during the football games and sit up there and watch and. Um, <laughs> And we'd get up there and he'd, he'd always have to coerce me into fucking going up there. And we'd get up there and like 10 minutes into being there, like I'd start getting that paranoid caving in feeling. And I'd just be like, bro, I got a bad feeling. Like we just, we just got to fucking go. Like. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get much of the paranoid stuff. I just kind of was like, ah, fuck it. Let's party. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even going to lie. Like I, I'm pretty sure up until his last day, like my brother never even still didn't, didn't have that fear factor in him. No you know? shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, 
he was he was such he had a heart problem that's that's essentially what he went from he had a he had a bad ticker uh earlier this year back in march um already hear that yeah i mean it yeah it was fucking rough at first but it's it's gotten you know it's gotten a lot better and and uh but no he just he 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 legit would look at me when we were climbing trees and he'd be like hey bro no guts no glory like that was when we were kids that was his fucking egg. that was his line to egg me on he didn't have to call me a chicken he just had to right. say no guts no glory bro and i'd find i'd go i'd go the next level on the tree i have a the hugest fucking fear of heights and he'd get me to climb trees that were three four stories tall like not even thinking about it and we'd be up there just having you're, you're with your brother you're just having a fun time you know what I yeah mean? yeah yeah we just went um me and a couple of the artists that uh me and my girlfriend travel with um we went to this place called the city museum in st louis and um it had some really weird stuff like it's like functional climbable art for people from children to grown-ups yeah dude it's really wild man um and i have this thing where i i don't like to research things i just like to experience them and she kept telling me oh let's go there. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. And then finally I was like, all right, let's go. And we went and it was, dude, it was wild. Like one of my, one of my friends, uh, he was, they had these big, like enclosed type things that you could climb in and they must've been like four stories, five, six stories up, like climbing in these weird cage things, dude. And it was wild. Yeah, like, and like on the like the 12th floor, they have a bus that goes off the edge of the, the building. So like you can sit in the driver's seat of the bus. Oh, I, I couldn't like, do off that. Off the edge of the building. Yeah, it was nuts, dude. It was nuts. Oh, I, that's, oh, that, oh, mm, no. Like, like that, <laughs> you, yeah, no, that just thinking about it, bro. That's how much I hate heights. Right. Like yeah, thinking of oh, that, I'm just sitting in, in a, bu- a bus that's just, I'm yeah. good. Like I see the videos of the people that go to like, I think it's like Seattle where, you know, it's like so high in the sky and you just stand on a, a plexiglass floor. Did you did that where? In Canada. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. They, in China, they have that full bridge. That's all glass. That's really? All, no that's, shit. Oh yeah. There's the, the, bro. They like to fuck with people. I'm pretty sure it's China. So it's China, there's this entire walkway that's plexiglass, but then one of the ones is like a computerized that when you step on it, it will computer screen crack the whole thing to where you think that the floor is cracking on you, but it's just I've seen that. But it's just a computer, like it's just a digital. See, I've seen that on the internet. I didn't realize it was actually like real (laughs) yeah like real real like oh shit as far as i know i mean i may have been fooled but as far as i know like like i'd have a heart attack bro if you put me on that thing and then that happens i just i would just drop dead right there like when i was on that plexiglass floor in canada like a severe sense of fear and panic comes over you like that feeling when you're on a roller coaster and your heart drops like that's what it felt like it felt like i was falling just standing there so yeah it was nuts man. It yeah was nuts. it was cool but yeah 
<laughs> well, let's, I mean, I'm sure that we literally could just talk about anything and everything. <laughs> uh, but in reality, we are here to talk about a little bit about movies. Yeah, um, yeah, let's do it. And a question that I, I always love to start with, uh, have you ever walked out of a movie in the movie theater? So I, yes, yes. Um, and it was less by my choice and more by the group's choice, but okay. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. Say what? Yeah, it was too, I, I think it was it's, too weird for the people that I was with. When, when was, was this in its original release in the 90s yeah. or? Yeah, yeah. Like, cause like, I was the only one in that group that really like appreciated hallucinogens and things. And so <laughs> I think they were all just like, this is too weird for me. <laughs> oh man, that. <sighs> yeah. That movie, man, that movie, that that's a movie you go to to do drugs, like. Right, right. And like, I was kind of sad I wasn't doing drugs. Then I did take some acid and watch that movie one time. And I was severely disappointed. All because right. like, I expected more in, you know, the whole drug head of things. But the cool thing is when they were in that fucking bar and like the, the people turned into dinosaurs and the floor started doing wacky shit, the carpet of the room I was in started doing similar patterns to that. Yeah, so that was super fucking cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, funny enough, same scene for me, me okay. and my friends did Salvia. Oh, dude, I did Salvia and it never affected me. It just made me cough a whole lot because I couldn't I, handle it. I did Salvia twice. The first time was the worst experience you could ever fucking have on Salvia. Mm -hmm. Um, in which I saw my dead mother and she told me, I literally flashbacked to a point, uh, to a previous, a previous memory in my life of something that actually happened. And I looked at my mom and I'm like, you, you, you died, you were dead. And my mother looked at me and was like, I'm not dead. I'm not going anywhere. And then I snapped right back into reality and oh, it was the worst. Oh. And then the second time we were watching Fear and Loathing, same exact scene with the, uh, Tell me about the fucking golf shoes, man. <laughs> and I was sitting on the floor cross-legged and it felt like my feet were through the, it felt like my waist was just attached to the floor. Like I couldn't pick myself uh -oh. up. It just felt like I was glued to the floor and I couldn't feel my legs. I felt like my legs were gone from like the waist below. And I was just glued to the floor. I didn't freak out. Like it was a really interesting feeling. I'll never, right. I, I'll, I'll never, I'll never do salvia again. It was like, it, it was just hanging out with friends and they had it, you know, it's like the yeah. first time I did mushrooms, my friend was like, like, oh, I heard you, you just turned 21. And I say, yeah, my birthday was last week. He's like, oh, I, I haven't ate the mushrooms. Do you want to go hang out? And that's my gift for your birthday. And I, and I was like, sure. <laughs> so funny enough, um, I typically there's typically hallucinogens around me in some way, shape or form, whether I bring them with me or the people that I run into have them, it, they just kind of find me. Sure. Um, and we did hallucinogens right after the city museum. <laughs> I had, we had a fucking mushroom chocolate bar and my girlfriend Donna was like, I'm gonna take some. So 
she doesn't really take hallucinogens very much. She took a half of the chocolate bar because like the back of it said like one to three is a, sh- uh, uh, is a, a microdose. So she's like, well, I'll just take double that. And I'm like, yeah, but if you take like the highest microdose twice, that's not a microdose anymore. <laughs> that's just a time. dose. Yeah, exactly. It's the second time she's done hallucinogens. So basically like everybody dosed themselves out with the chocolate bar and stuff. And then I ended up being like, all right, well, how much chocolate's left? They're like three pieces. I was like, all right, how much acid's left? They're like a half. I was like, let me just take that. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, man, I have to say acid is the one drug I haven't done that I want to. It's uh, so, so it's weird, right? Like, so I've done acid twice now since my amputation and, um, there is a deep sadness inside of me because of that amputation that I don't touch on regularly. So like I visit that in some way, shape or form when I'm on hallucinogens now and it's like, fuck, they can't even be fun for me anymore. So (laughs) I mean, not to get too serious, but I mean, do you find moments like that semi-therapeutic in helping the process of, of going through it? Absolutely, yeah, I mean, it has to happen. Sure. But like, you know, when everybody's over there, like, oh, the colors are so bright. And I'm like, it's so dark. You know? <laughs> or I'm just sitting there fucking bawling my face off, like not even wanting to talk to anyone, you know, like it's it's very odd. Um, but yeah, it's it's moments that you have to have with yourself. You know what I'm sure. saying? But like everybody kind of went through their hallucinogens are weird, right? They bring you up, they smack you down or sometimes they smack you up and then they float you down. Like it's a really weird thing um but i feel like it's i don't want to say necessary but um you know it could be (laughs) sure (laughs) sure it's it's very good to experience what's going on inside of there um you know to 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 suppress the ego some and allow vulnerability to really show through and things like that you know definitely feel like it's valuable in that um but it can go too far if you overdose yourself so you know like but yeah, as far as the healing properties, I, I definitely feel like there is some healing aspects in, in hallucinogens just due to the openness it gives you, you sure, know. Sure. But I feel like it's super therapeutic to cry watching movies. You know what I'm saying? So, which which I do a lot. <laughs> dude, TV shows have been fucking getting me lately. Uh, like, it's weird. I, I've, and, been, I've been crying in moments that just like I wasn't expecting to be crying. Dude that's what i'm talking about (laughs) i um have you seen the newest jumanji film no i haven't oh right towards the end of the movie i won't spoil anything but right towards the end of the movie i watched it a month or two ago and i just oh i just lost it (laughs) oh yeah yeah i mean it's you know it's experiences of life and every you know you you just relate to things and I can only imagine trying to watch stuff. So I do, I, I watched bad Santa when I did mushrooms Okay. and, and there was nothing. It's just, it was just fa- faces warping. So I was a true product of the dare community. I was born in 82. So, I was born in 80, so I get it. Um, like I, I would not affiliate myself with marijuana. Like at one point I legitimately, this sounds fucking ridiculous. And I hardly ever say this. Like I stopped affiliating with myself with a girl who was a very fun time because I found out she smoked marijuana. Looking back on that, kicking myself. 
Um, especially since I smoke weed now. Um, right, yeah, exactly. And I did mushrooms and I did ecstasy before I even touched marijuana. No shit. Yeah, m- mushrooms was the first thing. It like it's like I said, I was at work and my buddy said, "Hey, I haven't ate the mushrooms. Yeah, I I got a place that we can hang out after work." And that that in its own right is such a is is such a fun story with the experiences of everything that happens. Uh, my favorite my favorite story of that whole night is looking at my buddy right as it was kicking in and looking at him and being like, "This was a bad choice, man." Like we should have done this at my house. My dad is going to be so upset. And he's like, no, your dad's nice. I said, yeah, man, he's going to be upset. We didn't save him any. Like <laughs> I just said that, like, that's my response. And I go home the next morning with him because we had to leave the place we were at because the parents were coming home that morning. So we go back to my house. And as we get home, my dad is getting ready to leave for work. And I just look at my dad and I go, dad, I have to be honest with you. And my friend kind of freaks out for a moment. And I'm like, I did mushrooms last night. And he comes and he looks at me real close. He looks at my eyes and he goes, yeah, you did. <laughs> and then, and then he looks at me and he goes, Steven, I do have to say, I am slightly disappointed. You really should have just done them here last night. And then he looks at me and he goes, and you didn't save me any, you bastard, did you? And at that point, my, my buddy, who's still also tripping on mushrooms, is like, you are the best father ever. I have to hug you right now. <laughs> and my dad took off to work, and I went and crashed out on my dad's bed, and my friend crashed out on the couch, and we went and saw Anchorman later that day. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, I, and then I went to a rave and did ecstasy, uh, and I did ecstasy a couple more times, and then I formed a really bad drinking habit and became an alcoholic. And then I swapped out alcohol. Uh, I swapped out marijuana for alcohol. I'm a much more functioning stoner than I am a functioning drunk. Dude, for real, man. I feel that. I've been a stoner for years. <laughs> I mean, I'm stoned right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you and, you and me both, brother. Like, I just got myself <laughs> a little nectar collector rig like a month or two ago. So I just dabbed out right before we started and... I got my little glass nectar collector oh, here. I got a little, I got one of the, <laughs> I, got a, I, got, I, got, I got my fucking, my jam. See, I don't have a rig yet. I just like the little, the little nectar collector, but. Yeah, I like the nectar collector um, because it's portable, but I like the cleanliness of smoking a rig, you know, it just fucks up my throat less. Yeah, you know? I, I can feel you on that as well. Uh, but how we got to this all fucking fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Yes. <laughs> which i think is crazy that your friends would want i once i once went to a midnight showing of that i literally stayed awake for 37 hours fell asleep for like three or four and then woke up to go to a midnight showing of fear and loathing in las vegas <laughs> like years after it came out like i had a friend that just did a midnight movie series like he did willy wonka he did breakfast club he did huh. break into. I saw break into Electric Boogaloo with one of the producers in the audience. No shit. That's yeah, awesome. man. It was it like yeah. He did he did a bunch of midnight movies. He did uh, Dark Crystal, which I went and saw and fell asleep during because I had just worked an eight hour shift. Uh, yeah, he did a bunch of midnight movies that that I went and saw, and he did Fear and Loathing, and I had just been awake for like thirty seven hours, but I was like, I'm not gonna fucking like miss Fear and Loathing. <laughs> I was yeah, man, it's, 
but I once did that communally to a group of people. We went to a movie and I thought the movie was horrible. So I looked at everybody. There were like four or five people in our group. And I was like, hey, this movie sucks. I'm going to go see this other movie. And everybody went with me and we walked out of Hot Rod. Which Really? Was, yeah, a lot of people are a fan of it. I got to the uh, forest training scene, mm-hmm. which is maybe 15, 20 minutes in. And I was just like, oh, this is fucking stupid. See, I love stupid funny. So oh, like- no, I'm, I'm, I'm all a fan of stupid funny. Like, I love pop star Don't Stop, Don't Stopping, which is same team as Hot Rod. Andy Sandler, okay. uh, Lonely Island. I really need to give Hot Rod another chance. Um, I really do. The only time I saw it was in the theater. Um, right, right. We walked out and I went, we went and saw Sunshine instead, which is a space movie with Chris Evans and Killian Murphy. And I think Angela Bassett might be in it, but I think I might I think be I doing that, that for Supernova with James Spader. Um, <laughs> I know a lot about movies. Um, right. <laughs> and I confuse them a lot. Um, I can imagine. But yeah, so I walked out of Hot Rod with a group of friends because I was like, this is fucking stupid. But this was one person with a group, not one, not a group on one person. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, you guys were like, not into it okay oh <laughs> uh, i just i just bought fear and loathing digitally on uh on on voodoo i i buy all my movies essentially just digitally now oh like, really okay. for, yeah for me there's not like i'm all for the nostalgia like i love a good dvd but like the only point in buying a dvd for me now is if i feel like i'm going to meet someone that's in that movie to have them sign it Right, right. Like I have an American Pie 2 signed by Sean William Scott. I have Bubba Hotep signed by Bruce Campbell. Like right. those make sense. Other than that, I mean, but nowadays, like you got the eight by tens. Like there's my Paul Sorvino, like I got my Dante Brasco like here. Like right. yeah, so like you don't even need the movie anymore. Yeah, I have the I have the eight by tens. Like yeah. so yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah so to collect video games she needs the fucking copy i'm like yeah digital works fine by me dude you know so So, i i i own an original nintendo super nintendo nintendo 64 and if uh, and if i really want the now i have a switch switch you pay 20 dollars for a year and then they just send you or you can download the original nintendo and super nintendo games yeah yeah, so it's like pointless anymore. Yeah, that's more for nostalgia's sake now to have. I, I went out of my way like to buy the Super Nintendo version of Jurassic Park because I had never played it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I put it on and I'm like, oh, they just took the version from Nintendo and they made it a little better for Super Nintendo is all <laughs> they did. That's Damn. all they did. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm all, I mean, I'm all for that nostalgia and the super funny thing, and like some people may see this, uh, may have seen this meme by now, it's so funny. The next time you look at a Nintendo cartridge, turn it around and look at the back on the what not to do. And it specifically <laughs> says on the back of the cartridge, do not blow in it. Do not blow into cartridge. And guess what me as a 38-year-old man still does knowing that to this day. Blows into that motherfucker. Blows into the, yeah, 100%. Yep. 100 <sighs> <laughs> gotta yeah. get all that dust out if you ain't working we give me that give out. me that give me that q-tip give me that rubbing alcohol yeah. which you're also not supposed to do 
Oh shit! Yeah, it may have just been a flawed system, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and so so talking of nostalgia, going back to a younger time, you're 80, I'm 82, so like we're gonna have a lot of relatable things. Right. What, what's a movie that takes you back to your childhood? What's a movie that takes you okay. back to a more youthful time? Um. So I can't think of anything other than it, uh, which I only saw once as a kid, um, and it was weird because I was in. I, so this is when I lived in New York. So when I was born, my parents moved to New York uh, before I was one and then moved back to Florida by the time I was turning seven. So in that period, we came to visit grandma who lived in Florida and, you know, staying in grandma's house, you know, you watch it and then you go to bed and uh, it's scary as fuck. Like I woke up in the middle of the night and saw like this weird moose head that wasn't there and like, freak the fuck out you know what i'm saying so that's the memory that that <laughs> that brings me back to childhood which is it um and i think i've seen it once since then i haven't seen any of the new it's i really want to because i actually enjoy horror uh i like to be scared by movies and stuff i love the original it it's like it's really funny because they say you can really judge a person by the first movie they know tim curry from Mm. and i'd say i'd say it is probably one of the first movies i remember tim curry from it's either it or clue i can't put my finger yeah it would definitely on, have on to be the, it. Per, on the proverbial it <laughs> right yeah for me it would be it and then tim curry uh just a lot through musical theater and stuff came oh back so rocky life. rocky horror of course yeah 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 <laughs> i big once again big part of my life which is which is a movie that it was so hyped up for me by the time I watched it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm not into it. So <laughs> I, I, I did it for seven and a half years. Oh, really? So you yeah. played Rocky Horror Picture Show? I, so, so it's what they call a shadow cast. Okay. They, play, they play the movie on the screen and then you have a cast uh -huh. who dresses, dresses up as the characters and does it in front of the screen with the movie as it goes. That's fucking wild. Fun, fun fact, Robbie. I did it for seven and a half years at La Paloma Theater, the theater I will be going to tonight to see Jesus Christ Superstar. No shit, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, lots of history at that one theater. I actually lived oh. in that theater at one point as well. No shit. Yeah, I, I know the owner. I'm friends with the owner. Uh, oh, yeah. But man, it, such, such a crazy uh, cast, man. You look at that cast, you had John Ritter, uh, who unfortunately, you know, 15 plus years ago passed away. Uh, Jonathan. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah, he died. He died the same day, I believe as Johnny Cash. No shit. Yeah. And Johnny Cash died. I want to say a month or two after his wife and they say he died of a broken heart. I've heard this. I've heard this. And I believe it. I would 100% believe that about Johnny Cash. Uh, yeah. But he, I believe he died. The best the remakes uh, was the oh, Johnny hurt. Cash hurt. Yeah. Oh yeah. That that and um, rustic cage. I'm gonna break this rustic cage and. Run. Oh yeah, who did I don't. That? I, that well, I forget who did that original. I want to say that Stone Temple Pilots. I'm going, or it might be Soundgarden. I'm gonna break this rustic cage and. Run. Yeah. Huh. Now you got. That me. Sound like Soundgarden. I think it might be Chris Cornell. Yeah. 
Uh, but uh, you get you get Jonathan Brandis, who was a great child actor, uh, who definitely went long before his prime, I'd say. Um, but he he had his own hand in that. Uh, Seth Green, uh, very young Seth Green is in it as well. Tim Curry. Wow. Yes, yeah. Um, Seth Green plays the young Richie, and the old Richie is played by. Oh, I just forgot his name. Uh, he played the judge on Night Court. Oh, Harry Anderson. Yeah. Harry Anderson. No shit. Yeah. Damn, Night Court. That brings me back to childhood. Bro, I, did you just read the news the other day? Marky Post passed away. No yesterday. shit. Yeah. Damn. And like, and like a month ago, uh, Charles Robinson, who played Mac. Wow, dude. Everyone, please look out for John Larroquette. Make sure that he's okay. <laughs> please. Dude, how about um, do you remember WKRP in Cincinnati? Oh, who 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 come on? That's Lonnie Anderson. Wow. I remember yeah. W I remember WKRP. Who doesn't who doesn't love the turkey episode? Dude, I don't I don't even remember any episodes. All I remember is that was a show that I watched a shit ton of when I was a kid. Uh, the show that I watched a shit ton of, I know of as a child because my parents did, and I don't remember any of it, was Soap. Soap. Yeah, heard of it, never watched it, but yeah. Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal was on Soap. Young Billy Crystal. Um, and I was looking up Rustic Cage by Soundgarden. Oh, okay. And, oh, it's Rusty Cage. I didn't Rusty, realize Rusty that uh, Johnny Cash did a remix of that. Wow. He did. You should I'm, sure I've li- I'm sure I've heard it. You know, you know how that is. You, you you think you haven't, and then you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I see that all the time in the shop because I got a bunch of young tattooers in there. So I'm like, do you know this? And they're like, no. I'm like, let me play this, and they're like, oh yeah, I hear that. I'm the same way. I'm the same way with movies. Like I have a buddy who's older than me, and I was at so it's this guy that runs the video game store, and we were in there the other day, and I don't know if you're gonna catch the movie reference. But I went in there and I was in a goofy mood and I was like, oh, give me a box of these. Uh, Give me three of those. Give me five of those. Oh, look at this hat. This is the kind of hat that when you buy it, you get a free bowl of soup. (laughs) I I don't remember the exact reference, but it feels familiar. It's Caddyshack. Ah, dude, another one that I don't fucking know a lot about. Uh, oh, I wasn't so, allowed to so watch nice. certain movies when I was a kid. Oh, okay, no, I'm, I'm right yeah. there. Yeah, no. You know, I'm, my I'm mom right. was, was super, super specific about it. It's like, come on, ma. But yeah. No, there were, <laughs> there there were movies I wasn't allowed to watch as a child. I'm right there with you. Yeah, and then I didn't revisit them. But funny fact, I um, was in Chicago a couple weeks ago, and the hotel I was at had the Murray Brothers Caddyshack restaurant. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's where we ended up eating most of the time when we were there. That's awesome, Matt. I really, I, they have one down in Florida. Oh, do they really? Yeah, I want to say, I want to say there's a Caddyshack bar down in Florida. Yeah. But Florida's, but Florida's fucking huge. It's the dick of America. Like, <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about because I think I was at a convention at a golf resort that had a Caddyshack restaurant there. I had a friend that got married on a golf course and the entire time I was just making Caddyshack references. I just didn't. <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. My friend worked at Full Sail, well, he still does, um, but years ago uh, I was down there and me and my buddy, so he, they were shooting a video for Mike Jones 
So he was like, if you want to come out and hang out and try to meet him, do that. I was like, all right, cool. So me and my buddy come out and we had fucking big gulp cups, but we had put liquor in them because it was dry campus. So <laughs> this kid comes up and goes, big old, big gulps, huh? All right, see you later. And I walk over to my friend. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Who does this motherfucker think he is? Like, this you know Tommy boy. Or, dude, I. Oh, no, this is Dumb and Dumber. That's Dumb, dumb and Dumber. And, dumber. And, and I'm like, bro. And he's and he starts laughing at me. He's like, dude, it's a Dumb and Dumber reference. Yeah, I was like, fuck. I was so panicked. Like, I was going to get my man in trouble. And this kid was fucking with me. <laughs> and I was a much angrier person back then. You know, so, oh. Yeah. That, that was oh a my fun God. time. I'm, I, <laughs> dude, I am all for a good, just a good, just a good movie reference. I, I, that automatically makes me think I was working at a movie theater and, um, a guy gave me his credit card and this is a dumb and dumber reference. I, I said, oh, sorry, sir. Uh, it didn't work. Can I see your card again? And he handed me his card and I went, ha 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 cardigan. And I slide it and then I hand him. And then I, no, no, now here's where it gets funny. I hand him the card and his tickets and he goes, actually, it's a pullover, but thanks for asking. And then takes his tickets and walks away. So like he got kind of pissy? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because the line in the movie is the cop going, pull over. And Jim Carrey goes, actually, it's a cardigan, but thanks oh, for asking. Oh, so the guy got you. <laughs> he reversed it. He reversed it. So I said, ha, cardigan. And he went, actually, it's a pullover, but thanks for asking. And then just took his stuff and walked away. Oh, fuck. I love it. I love it. I'm all for it. I worked at Jack in the Box, and I had someone on drive through ask for a liter of cola. And I was in a very bad mood that day. And I was like, ha ha, very funny. I have a large. And then they come through and it's literally two San Diego PD. It's two cops cops asking for a liter of cola, which just turned my whole day around. Like, how can you not get, like, how can you get mad at a cop asking for a fucking liter of cola? And then you could have been like, hey, don't spit in that cop's burger. (laughs) I wish I had thought about that, but, but in reality, they were just getting the liter of cola. Uh, <laughs> Dude, we were, we were at Burger King a couple weeks ago, at a, just at, somewhere out of state, and somebody made a, a liter of cola reference, and the guy in front of us, like, answered with another Farva reference from the movie. It, it's, it's great when that happens out in public on accident. I, it's, it's, it's the absolute... I just movie just it's the best when you're wearing like a shirt of something and someone's like hey I like your shirt and then because you do that to people and every time you'll see someone go oh thanks and then they have to look down at what shirt what shirt am I wearing wearing? (laughs) (laughs) oh right that one that one yeah oh man happens all the time or the tattoos you know they're like nice tattoo and I'm like which one where who (laughs) no it's funny you talk about mashups I'm all for it like I got my Bebop Rocksteady Outcast. Ah, I love it. I like, love it. That's I'm all, I'm all for a good mashup. Um, yeah. When it comes to movies in general, though, what's a movie that you love that you feel that you could just watch every day, whether you're putting something on for background noise? Dude, dodgeball. Dodgeball. So during COVID... Ill um, for love! <laughs> Dude... So we're, we're, me, so this, one of my tattoo artists, Zach and his wife were living with us at the time because they just moved to Colorado and we were renting this big weird dome house um, 
And so right when they moved here, like a month later, the COVID shutdowns all happened. So like there was a lot of drinking and going in the pool for no reason. Um, like and, you do. Yeah. So, uh, but we watched a ton of dodgeball. Donna hates dodgeball. Fucking hates it. Me and Zach love dodgeball. Bro, dude, the five Ds of dodgeball. Dodge, jump, dip, dive, and dodge. Like, fucking... <laughs> Dude, dude, Rip Torn in that movie is fucking amazing. Oh, such a good movie. Is it necessary? Is it necessary? I drink my own urine? No. It's sterile and I like the taste. But I do it anyways because I'm <laughs> sterile and I like the way it tastes. Um, I've been, I'm very, so I, I always say I'm very fortunate enough to get the guests that I get on my show. I've been lucky enough that I got Susie Nakamura, who mm. actually plays Stephen Root's wife in that movie. No shit. Oh, yeah, she's in. Amazing. She's in that. She's in uh, Malibu's Most Wanted with Jamie Kennedy. She's mm-hmm. in. She's in a bunch of other stuff. She's on Avenue right? Five. She's on Avenue Five on HBO right now. No they shit. they just okay. finished filming season two, and that's got Hugh Laurie and a bunch of other great people. But yeah, um, that was one thing I loved to talk to her about. She's literally in like two scenes. She's in the scene where you know L for love. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then, and then the, the Gordon get angry scene. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, oh, no, I fucking, I love, I love dodgeball. Like, a good one. it's so, I mean, it, I just, it's funny the way life and the way the brain works and all this. Like, you mentioned dodgeball. I have an, I have a, I had an uncle and a nephew, uh, cousin, uh, his son, uh, that came to see dodgeball when it was out in the theater and I was working at the theater. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting them to show up. So he came and gave me his ticket and I was like, oh, uh, theater five. Like, I didn't know you were coming. I would have gotten you in for free. And I didn't realize that the movie was halfway playing through the showing before he was going to go see it. So my uncle and cousin went in halfway through the movie and watched the second half. <laughs> and then the movie ends and they're sitting in there and I'm like, oh shit, you guys are here for the next showing. Um, I'm sorry, you have, you, you have to leave the theater. You can come back in. Cause he was family. I wasn't just, and, and, and he, he knew what he was doing. Like he just had time to kill. And he just, he was like, no, that's fine. He's like, now I get to see what happens in the first half and then watch it again. <laughs> He didn't, he really, he didn't, he didn't care. Like he just loved going to the movies. <laughs> when I was a kid, my parents took me. Um, so my cousin Lorenzo worked at the movie theater. So he'd get the whole family in. And then we went and saw Rocky. Uh, and, and, but then we would switch movie theaters and go and see another movie. Can't remember what other movie we watched that day. But I remember seeing Rocky in the theaters like as a kid. That was pretty wild. Theater hopping is always fun when you can get away with it. I mean, it's even better when you just have a, a family member that works at the theater. Right. My favorite pastime, I worked at, at, at three, four different movie theaters, and my favorite pastime was catching theater hoppers. <laughs> uh, two kids, oh, yeah. Two kids that came and bought tickets to school. So the way the theater was set up is to the left was theaters one, two, and three, and to the right were theaters four through eight. And School for Scoundrel was in theater five, and Jackass 2 was in theater two. And they bought tickets for School for Scoundrels, and they went to their theater. 
and then they came and bought concessions and then they went and walked to theater too uh, which they think which they thought that me as the person that sold them their tickets was not going to notice but when it is your favorite pastime to catch people theater hopping right or trying to sneak in you know what to look for <laughs> and i straight went in left hand side caught these two kids they went to walk to the back of the theater because they were only like five theater like five rows deep into the back and i went oh no 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 you're going to walk through the front and you're going to walk through the front row and then you're going to walk up the other row so these 12 people that are in the theater can see that you are getting kicked out for trying <laughs> to theater hop because I was a real asshole back then. Like, and I, and I didn't kick him out. I didn't kick him out. I went school for scoundrels is theater five gentlemen. And I made them go see school for scoundrels. <laughs> they could have okay. gotten their money back. They didn't. They went and watched school for scoundrels. Fuck it. Working at a movie theater is always fun though. It always has its downsides though. Uh, I always remember the departed came out and the day it came out, literally day it came out second showing. One of the movie regulars comes out and he goes, oh, that movie was great. And I went, I, you know what? I'm going to see it in a day or two. I can't wait. I'm super excited. I haven't seen it. He goes, it's amazing. Everybody dies. And I just went, thanks, Mr. Johnson. Literally just, I wanted to be like, literally just said I hadn't seen it. Actually, I've had a previous guest do that on a show, said I hadn't seen Uncut Gems. And he went, oh, it's great. And then told me the ending. I won't say Dude. it. Oh, you know what's funny? I was just thinking about Uncut Gems like three minutes ago. I loved and hated that movie at the same time. The way it made me feel, it made me feel like a really bad holiday at my family's house. Like shit just went wrong. And then add like, like you know, death and drugs. and Not even drugs, just death and just like, just black market bad shit. I, I still I still haven't watched it because people have told me like you're gonna watch that movie and you're gonna feel a certain way afterwards and I just I, I'm not I'm I don't know if I'm ready to be like because I know it's like I know it's just straight off the bat like just dude, right off rip it's just tension and just oh. uh, and I just dude it, it, it grabbed me i'm already i'm insides. already stre- i'm already stressed enough yes. as it is like dude it grabbed me from my insides and pulled me fucking this close to the fucking tv and i was just like i hate every second of this why why that's not the decision that's not the move like dude i'm telling you yes so watch it when you're ready to fucking like want to blow up the tv Sure. Dude, and, and like and it was cool because like I love Adam Sandler's artistic movies, like Punch Drunk Love, one of my favorites. Not so great, but like it was this similar feeling. I feel like so I feel like Punch Drunk Love and then Spanglish was like a watered-down version of that style of movie. And then Uncut Gems was just like completely disgustingly fucking like like one of the most annoying movies he could have made. Like, have you? Have but you so seen, good. Have you seen Rain Over Me with Don, with him and Don Cheadle? I, if you haven't, I highly recommend it. Adam Sandler goes okay. to school with Don Cheadle, um, and it's it's Rain like I believe it's R E I G N like Rain. Um, rain Over Me, okay, two thousand American, two thousand seven American yep. buddy drama. Yeah, and uh, Adam Sandler lost his whole family in 9-11, and he used to be a completely different person, 
how did I miss this? Dude, I like Adam Sandler is my favorite movie creator of all times. Like if it's Adam Sandler, I'm watching it. I don't care how dumb it is. Like I hated Hoobie Halloween. Oh, oh, I was just about to say. So Adam Sandler said like in an interview that if he got snubbed for the Oscars for Uncut Gems, the next film he would make would be an absolute stinker. And the next film he fucking made was Hoobie Halloween. My wife wanted to watch that movie so bad. I sat down and watched it with her. I hated every minute. Every stupid fucking thing they'd come up on that stupid thermos. Oh, I got I got fucking something for that as well on my thermos here. And then the stupid him on the bike. And people throw like they they literally they took they took an entire Austin Powers film and the entire Shrek series and they rolled it into one movie of a continuous overdone not funny joke because that's i don't get me wrong i absolutely love you. austin powers but uh, it the three movies are just the same jokes the regurgitated same and then you can say the same shrek my analogy with shrek is shrek is like a really funny fucking joke the first time you hear it you laugh your ass off the second time you hear it you laugh almost as much as you did the first time the third right. time you hear it you're just chuckling because you've heard it before. By the fourth time, you're like, I know, the, down. I know, yeah. I know the punchline. Dude, and that's, that's the Sh that's the Shrek movies. The Shrek movies is just the same over and over. Oh, uh, Bill and Ted. So Donna wanted to watch the Bill and Ted movie. Well, I wanted to watch the new one. She's like, we got to watch the old ones. I'm like, not really. Do you we? know? So we did, and I was like, damn, I thought these were way better when I was a kid. And then by the time I got to the third one, I'm like, yo, it's just the same fucking movie again. I figured out I figured out the plot for Ted and Bill face the for Bill and Ted face the music. As soon as soon as they said um uh the name of the band. Right. I I it spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen Bill and Ted face the music in three, two, one. I knew, it, I knew it was their children. I was right. like, oh, it's not Bill and Ted. It's their children. Right. It was, it was the, I don't know if like the foreshadowing was just really excessive or what, but you know. You have, you have four or five stories you can tell, you can tell in a film. You know what I mean? There, there right. are four or five right. basic plot lines. Right. I, I knew the plot line for, for Godzilla versus King Kong it, 15 minutes into the movie. Right, I, I knew it. I knew it before that. I knew it from watching the trailer because this is uh, this is something that I, I continuously fucking right. complain about on the podcast, and that is trailers give away too much. As soon as Unless they announce those weird Netflix ones, I see. I don't do a lot of Netflix. I so, okay. Well, first of all, if it's a Netflix film, I'm definitely not watching the trailer because they're not putting the trailer on YouTube. They're not putting the trailer in. When I saw the trailer for King Kong versus Godzilla or whatever the fuck it's called, and they announced Mecha Godzilla, I was like, "Oh, I figured out the whole fucking film. Like, why do right. I even need to watch it now? Like, right. Mecha Godzilla is the bad guy. The, yeah. only thing, the only thing they swerved me on is how Mecha Godzilla becomes the bad guy. That's the only right. thing I didn't figure out. No, they give they give away they give away too much in trailers for everything." for anything i just watched a trailer for free guy the new ryan reynolds movie coming out and i was like well I I guess, the other day. 
I was like, I guess I don't need to go see that because they tell me everything that happens in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, see, I just kind of try to go in as ignorant as possible and just like enjoy as the story unfolds. That's what I but did dude, with it with Infinity Wars, and that's what I did with Endgame. I didn't watch yeah. anything. I avoided ever. I legit walked out of a movie. I went to go see Star Wars, and they played the trailer for I believe Infinity Wars, and people must have thought I was nuts because I like to sit in the back row and it was stadium seating. And I literally walked out of the theater going, la, 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 Like fingers in my ears, like la, 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 la. So I could hear nothing of the trailer and I ran out of the theater as fast as I could. That's fucking great. Did you come back into the theater? I did like five minutes later is like, it was halfway through like the next trailer. I made sure that I did not see any, he see or hear anything for either of those movies i walked in 100 percent blind that's right and i did that i did that specifically because of thor ragnarok thor ragnarok is the one thor ragnarok's first trailer they tell you it's hulk they tell you that thor fights hulk and then they make such a big deal in thor ragnarok about who's the grandmaster's grand champion who can it possibly be that's just been slaughtering all of these people and i'm sitting there in the theater going it's hulk it's hulk they told us this in the first trailer right right right. like it like a year ago people they told us it's hulk like (laughs) so not many people pay attention that's the thing i I guess man i i too many movies that's what that's what i blame it on too many movies um so we 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 discussed a movie that this might be the answer to but but uh do you remember the first movie to give you nightmares um, I would probably say it, if anything, and it was more waking up in the middle of the night scared, you know, uh, I don't really, I don't even really remember getting nightmares from a movie ever, but I tell you what, um, scary movies and touching on the topic that we were just on about like plot twists and things not being exactly what they appear, all the Blumhouse films that I've seen, um, or uh, B-L-U-M. No, you Blum- Blumhouse, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. Dude, I fucking love the way they write their movies. Um, dude, they're just, because they, they always get me. I, I, you know, I'm like, oh, I know what's going on or I have no fucking idea what's gonna happen. So like, yeah, dude, like, they, they've been putting out really good stuff. Uh, the one that they did that I haven't seen yet is Fantasy Island. No, I wanna say, Michael Pena. Michael Pena did, did Fantasy Island. Okay. It's okay. real. Yeah, I would say don't watch the trailer. Just go in blind on it. Um, yeah, I totally dig it. Uh, but they did that. Uh, I'm not sure if they did Green Room. They might have, where mm. Patrick Stewart plays a skinhead. I don't think I play. I seen that one either. Oh, you can you can skip that one. I was not. I was. <laughs> I sat through that whole movie. I saw it for free, and it ended. And I was like, Why did I just sit through that? Like, I could have left. <laughs> I could have left at any point. Some of their movies are like that, but some of them are really wild, man. Like, I really loved Midsummer. I thought that one was great. Well, Midsommar was fucking nutso. Nutso. Yes. Like, I really enjoyed just all the twists and turns, and, like, it made me feel gross on my insides, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%, 100% there with you on that one. Yeah. Um, but, so, it... In, in reality, if anything, it would be the first movie to give you nightmares. It would be the first, yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, 
when it comes to going to the to the theaters was that something I know you mentioned your your cousin worked at a theater yeah Uh, do you remember the first movie that you went to the theater to see I don't honestly um yeah well that's okay that's okay karate kid stuff like that you know um that era but yeah 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 for for me ghostbusters too uh i stumbled upon it just okay yeah so ghostbusters and stuff like that forrest gump was probably one of my weirdest times um it was probably one of the first movies that i watched in the theater and had no real idea what the fuck was gonna happen okay for a loop and I was a kid, you know, so like it really threw me for a fucking loop. It was sick, but I was like, wow, I love movies like that. Like, um, oh, what the fuck? A History of Violence. Okay. Me and my one brother were visiting my other brother in California when we were young adults. And uh, we decided to go see that movie. I had no idea what it was about. It's Viggo Mortensen, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where he put? Pl- yeah, yeah. Why are you so good at killing people, Joey? <laughs> I want to say I may be wrong, but I want to say that a history of violence was the last movie ever printed on VHS. Really? I may be wrong. I may be wrong. I usually am. I'm not gonna lie. I'm usually <laughs> am. But yeah, but yeah. One, yeah. I want to say one, I. W- one, oof! Good one. Really good one. That's a fun one. A history of violence. Um, yeah. What is a movie that you feel that you can watch once and you never have to watch it again? Hmm. I'd say any movie that has such like a disastrous surprise and such a crazy twist, like I don't need it again. You know what I'm saying? So not even one movie, just like any type of movie that just like, like you have to like watch it from start to finish to feel the the, the crescendo and decrescendo. Like, like Memento. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Something like that where it's like, but like 12 Monkeys now, I've had so many alternate endings in my mind of how, or like how, what, why. And even years later now I'm like, Oh my God, that was COVID. You know what I'm saying? I love, dude, I love, I love 12 Monkeys. So I have another podcast where we talk about movies that were number one in the box office the week they were number one. We mm-hmm. did, we did 12 Monkeys. And I have this weird habit of writing down the last lines of movies. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down the last line of that movie thinking it was just a throwaway line. But then when I talked about it with the people on on the the podcast i didn't realize the entity of of what it is so the guy that has the virus sits down on the plane he's got the virus on the plane the woman that sits down next to him is actually one of the women from the future that is talking to bruce willis about what happens Mm. he he says he's in science and he goes what do you do and the last line of the film is i'm in insurance No shit. That's the last line of 12 Monkeys is I'm in insurance. And I didn't realize that it's the woman from the fucking future that's actually coming back to stop him. Like to ensure. Huh. That the Damn. Future. 
bro. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's some so some crazy. movies, dude. Some movies just have throwaway fucking lines. The last line, the last line of signs, because that was the last movie we did, is uh, Kieran Culkin saying, "Did someone save me?" And uh, Mel Gibson going, "Yeah, baby, I think someone did." And that's him being restored in his faith because the whole movie is about how he feels there's no God, but then the twist of the film, <laughs> other than the wife being a soothsayer, like that's, I think the total twist of the film is the wife like predicting the future on that, but it's like Mel Gibson having his faith restored. Yeah, yeah. Through an alien attack, which is really- it's, Yeah, right. And it's weird that like, you can break it down to one line that really, really, really brings the movie together. See that one, now, now, now I got me here. Hold on, I'm gonna do this real fast. Because I know for a fact that there are films that the line, uh, oh, here you go. Uh, last line of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade uh, is Sean Connery going, after you, Junior. And Henry going, yes, sir. Yeah. That's the last, like, you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, let's see. What's a good one? Uh, we can arrange transportation for you three if you can sit tight for a while. That's the last line of cliffhanger. <laughs> Bro, I got, I got. <laughs> That's I got, a good one. I hear, here. I got, uh, uh, and we ain't hungry no more either. And that's the last line of too fast, too furious. Bro, I got them all like. <laughs> like that's rad. Am I really your buddy? Yeah, sure you are. Cable guy. I mean, I could just keep going like. I, I just write like that's my stupid habit is I just write the last lines of movies. You know what I mean? Like I like it. I think that's cool. Go it's get him. Go, go get him, Tiger. Spider-Man 2. That's a good one. That's a good ending line. Um as we as we do come to a close, um, I always like to to end with a listener movie recommendation, a movie that you love that you think the listener should go check out, uh, should give it should give a watch. Huh. Man, I mean, hmm. You know, recently I've seen that movie, um, I Care A Lot, and that was a Netflix movie. It was. Uh, and that was actually a really good one. I, I, oh, I'm gonna, okay, so folks, that's the end of the podcast. Robbie, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Um, I did not care for that movie. I, I liked, liked I liked that movie until probably the last 15, 20 minutes. Spoiler alert on I care a lot if you haven't seen it. I, I like the plot I, twisting. I would have liked for her to have been killed. I wanted the movie to end with her right. Like, like I can I can like, dig that, but it was like it was like the bad guy winning almost. I you know, and we don't the whole, get the whole, the whole, the whole thing, the whole thing with, um, oh, I just forgot his fucking name. Tyron, Ty, Tyron, Tyron, uh, Peter Dinklage. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the whole, the, oh, with, with him getting in the coma and all that. As soon as that happened, I was like, I was just like, no, she was about to die. She was about to get what she fucking deserved. Dude, and I that's why know. that's why I think oh. I liked it so much because it really like pulled you apart. Mm. Because you ex you wanted it, you expected it to be different and better. But also, Wait. all right, another another Netflix movie was White Tiger. Okay, what's that one? Okay, um, 
So it's this dude who lives in India and he just gets tired of like being just some bum ass dude that fucking does some bum ass shit. So like, dude, it, it's it's really wild. Um, it's it's like organized crime meets like corporate crime in a sense. And so like he becomes this like brilliant corporate criminal uh, in a weird way. Yeah, it's right, so white all- white tiger. White Tiger, check it out. Yeah, I am nowhere near as good at explaining movies as you are. No, that's okay. Check out White Tiger. It's definitely, it's definitely something, something different than what you're used to. All right, all right. And I, I can dig it a lot. So but yeah, I, I like plot t- twisty stuff. So I, I care, plot. I care a lot in White Tiger. Yeah, yeah. Movies I, that I was like, oh, didn't expect those. I, I will say I really like Diane Weist and and I care a lot. I thought she was fucking amazing, dude. She was Wait. a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> no, well that's that's Rose that's that's Rosamund Rosamund Pike. Oh, um, okay. Which Diane Weist is the old lady. She's the mom. You have no oh, idea. Yeah. You have no idea who you're fucking with. Uh, she's the mom from uh, Lost Boys. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't carry these these facts like that. Yeah. So yeah like, oh, cool I, movie. Yeah. yeah, I so I mean in reality from the time I was 9 to about 16 my mom worked in a video store mm-hmm. and then when I was about 21 to 30 something I worked in movie theaters. Oh, so yeah. like I I have, two, I have two podcasts talking about movies like I I my buddies and I used to just continuously play the Kevin Bacon game where right. you know any okay. movie any actor in Hollywood can be linked to Kevin Bacon within seven movies. We got mm-hmm. bored of that. So we just started taking actor to actor. You know what I mean? Right, like right. one person would say Sean Connery. Another person would say Bill Murray. And then you'd have to see who could get to Sean Connery and Bill Murray in the fastest amount of time through the shortest right. amount of movies. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I have, I legit have like a handful of movie games that like if my friends and I were on road trips, that you know we could we could play you name a movie and the next person has to name an actor that was in that movie and the next person has to name uh, a movie that actor was in and the next person has to name an actor that was in that movie and the next person has to name right right and it's just you know movie actor movie actor movie actor there's ones where you name the title of a movie and the last letter of the movie you name has to be the beginning letter of the next movie you name and you can't repeat yourself <laughs> Sequels, yeah, don't, dude. sequels don't count unless they have subtitles with them and thes and ands aren't included like Damn, dude. And, and and that game i legit played that game for three months with someone wow. we i'd come home and there'd be a voicemail on my phone and it would be you know like yellowstone it's your turn and then i'd call his house and i'd get his voicemail and i'd be like eulogy why back to you again like <laughs> <laughs> So no, I love I fucking love movies. I legit could just talk movies all all fucking. I mean, you see my background, like it's all it's all movies. Like and almost I'm not gonna lie, almost everything back there is autographed. That big that big Aqua Teen poster signed by Dana Snyder. Uh, all of the art prints are all signed by the artists that do them. But I just fucking love movies. Like 
yeah. I'm just waiting for the big day that a corporation comes in and says, we love your show. Here's thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this professionally and talk to everyone you want in the world and you can quit your day job. Um, but until that hey, man, comes, we're you know, in that world, we're in that world, that shit, where can that reality kind of now? I, one can only hope one can only hope, uh, oh, yeah. where can people find you online though? What do you, what are you doing socially? Uh, are you doing work conventions, anything of that nature? Um, so I have a number of things to give you. So, uh, as it's, as it says behind my head, Robbie Rapole at Robbie Rapole is, a. Uh, my everything uh that's my blanket social media that's that's you know my 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 foundation anchor brand um and then next to that or is the rad movement which is motivational my motivational uh program which is my youtube channel is the rad movement um and on instagram and facebook the rad movement is my motivational platform where i post little fucking you know, inspirational quotes and, you know, just always throw a bunch of uh, content out there just involving like motivation for people that like the word fuck, basically, uh, you know, less whitewashed stuff, more, you know, more gritty, more raw. Um, uh, Reality. Fucking, yeah, exactly. I'll cry and tell fucking rough stories. Like when I was going through my whole leg thing, I did a, a mo- uh, I did a, a live every day on the rad movement, you know, when I was in the hospital, when I was traveling, when all that just to kind of give people updates on, you know, like, yeah, I, I created this motivational thing, but now I'm trying to live it while I'm going through some tough shit. Um, and then Rad Inc. Florida is my tattoo studio. Uh, you can find that on Instagram and on Facebook. Actually, Rad Inc. is the name of my studio, which is my shirt. But there's a dude named Radink on Instagram that has like 12 followers and won't fucking give up the name. So we did ratting Florida instead. <laughs> oh, that's, I'm sorry, but I've heard that so many times just from random, you know, like, Dude, like, the, like one of my favorite comedians, Sean Jordan is like uh-huh. Sean S. Jordan and his middle right. name isn't even like S. He's just like, there's a Sean Jordan that has like eight yep. followers and like, I can't get a yep. hold of him. He won't give up the name. Dude, the rad movement. Uh, there's a, a skate park in New Jersey that hasn't been active since 2012 on Instagram. They have the rad movement. So the rad movement is the underscore rad underscore movement on Instagram. Sure. <laughs> um, I tried to do uh, I'm rad movement when I made that or I'm rad was just going to be the name of it because it started with an I'm rad tattoo I got on my thumb and I, I can't, I'm rad as somebody somewhere else in another country with, you know, eight followers. Sure. And yeah, so it was so hard to find any of the things. But yeah, um, I do a lot of conventions. Uh, right now we're in a little bit of a, of, a, of a rest phase from conventions. We do a lot of villain arts conventions. Um, but if you go to my website, radingflorida.com, you can find out everything on, everything I'm doing tattoo-wise, travel-wise with tattoo. Uh, you can even find other artists in my studio that you may resonate with more. Uh, we link everything to all the things. So radinkflorida.com is a nice hub for all that too. But yeah, we do, we, we've we been doing a lot of conventions. We were just in Minneapolis and uh, fucking Louisville and Nashville and Chicago. We're going to do Philly and Denver. 
um, coming up in September. Then we're going to do Tampa, and I think another one, and then New Orleans. Baltimore, Tampa, New Orleans. And I think we're done traveling for the year. Um, I may be going on a Virgin cruise where I'm going to be tattooing on that cruise. No, uh, more than tattooing on a Virgin cruise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's really cool. It's an opportunity I have to actually tattoo on the cruise ship. There you so, go. That may be happening uh, sometime around Thanksgiving or Christmas. But yeah, other than that, Florida is where, where I be at. Cool, cool. Well, I am planning, uh, I think next year, on going to the World of Disney with the wife. So I'm an hour away from there. I will have to possibly look you up, man, because I am always looking for more ink. Yo, come through. Let's do it. <laughs> As we do come to a close, though, I love uh, the, the rad movement and all of that here at the podcast, uh, last podcast you'd want. Uh, I try and constantly promote a PMA, a positive mental attitude. Yes. Uh, I, I constantly talk about my ups and downs. Like I've recorded introductions when I have been in the lowest of depressions. Uh, mm -hmm. You can legit look up one episode. Uh, the day my brother passed, I released an episode. I had two episodes recorded with him. And the day he passed, I, re I released one of those episodes. And I, do, I did the introduction literally two hours after finding, finding out he had passed. Shit. And you can just hear it. Like, I had a buddy that messaged me, and he's like, like are you okay? He's like, because you just sound heartbroken. Yeah. Like, I yeah. was. Like, like, absolutely. Like, I did a couple of um, uh, YouTube episodes when my dad passed, so I get it. So I constantly try and promote a PMA positive mental attitude do you have any words of positivity or a personal mantra that you'd like to leave the listeners with as we end the show well it seems that a lot of people in this world um including myself get really defeated when like bad shit happens that you can't you know shit that you didn't expect you know losing your leg losing your brother losing your father you know losing a relationship you know, losing a job opportunity, losing your housing status, losing your fucking financial status. Um, I've been broke, I've been rich, I've been financially stable, I've been financially unstable, I've been mentally unstable, I've been mentally stable, I've been mentally rich, I've been mentally poor. Um, but the thing is, just like Dory, man, you just gotta fucking keep swimming. Um, it's, it's so stupid and it's so simple and it's so fucking hard sometimes. But, you know, just keep moving forward because life doesn't fucking end unless you die. And that's it. You know, and unless you're planning on fucking ending life right now, you have to keep moving forward. Yeah. So take your time, cry it out, deal with your shit. Uh, but, you know, put your fucking pants on and move the fuck on. Or don't put your fucking pants on and move the fuck on. But just move the fuck on. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just you can't stop because life gets hard. You know, um, it never gets easier until it does. And then it's gonna get harder again. So just keep moving, hold on to the good things you have, you know, like gratitude, that's very important when you're at a dark time. You know, remember you have good things and there's people that need you. So yeah. And you know, you want more of that, go to the Rad Movement on YouTube because that's basically what I do on there. That's awesome. Robbie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Steve, thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. 
and I look forward to the episode. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, that has been another episode of the last podcast you'd want. And until next week, tip the veal, try the staff, and I'll see you then. Thanks for coming to see our show. Sad to tell you we got to go. Grab your hat and head for the door. In case you didn't notice Mary anymore. If you like our show, tell everyone but. If you think it's great, keep your big mouth shut.